Hello everyone, we would like to welcome you to our 6th edition of the Ranka Pro Europe podcast, the world of fan selection. Could you please uh, tell our listeners how does inflation change your way of selecting funds? Yes, sure. So, basically it doesn't change the way we select a fund, but it probably changes the way we assess the market. My name is Carla Salera and I am the Investor Relations Specialist here at Rankia Pro Europe. This will be podcast number six of a long series and today we are going to talk about inflation and fan selection with Jean-Baptiste Fagyu. Hello Jean-Baptiste, how are you? Hello everyone, thanks for inviting me. Uh, I'm pretty well, thank you. What about you? Uh, very well, thank you and thank you for, for being here. So first of all, Jean-Baptiste, as I said now, Um, thank you very much uh, for agreeing to participate with me in this podcast. As I am sure that we are going to have a really interesting discussion today. So please, listeners, pay attention and stay in the loop. So for those who, who maybe don't know our guest that much, he is the fan selection manager at Bank de Luxembourg. So Jean-Baptiste, would you like to share with our listeners more about your background? Yes, sure. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Um, so I work for the financial industry in Luxembourg for the past 16 years around. I have been for more than a decade uh, a quant fund manager and analyst. And I moved uh, five years ago to BLI, so Bank de Luxembourg Investment. So we are the fund management company of Bank de Luxembourg. And so we are Uh, an asset management boutique managing around 20 billion of euros through three different types of segments. The mm -hmm. first one and the most important one would be the equity funds uh, pillar. Uh, the second one is the bond funds segment. And the third one is the multi-management. And mm -hmm. I'm part of this last segment, so the mm -hmm. multi-management. Well, that's amazing. Um And, and now you have to, to come to Valencia. <laughs> sure. After Hello. France and Luxembourg. Um, so now let's start this discussion um, by answering the question, what is inflation? Because of course, everyone knows the answer. And, and I think that um, if we refer to this industry, I think that everyone knows and can analyze even what inflation means. But um, I think it's interesting if we cover today how inflation can be perceived by a fan selector. So, um, obviously, inflation is a measure of the rate of rising prices of goods and services in an economy. And inflation can occur uh, when prices rise to uh, increases in production costs, uh, such as raw materials, for example. And uh, yes, now I said the simple definition of inflation, but do we really know what this means for the fan selection world? So, Jean-Baptiste, could you please uh, tell our listeners your definition of inflation from a fan selector's perspective? Sure, uh, with pleasure. So, basically, as you said, inflation is the rate of increase in prices, um, generally calculated over a certain period of time, like one year, for example. And so, uh, it measures the price of a basket of goods and services on this period of time. And what is important for a fund selector is that inflation can be divided into two parts or two baskets. Uh, the first one is the core basket or core inflation, and it includes the less volatile parts of goods and services in terms of prices. So in this core inflation, we're going to find 
all prices related to apparels, to education, to communication, medical care, or recreation and housing. And then we have the second basket or second type of inflation, which is the total or headline inflation. And in this inflation, we're going to measure all the components I have just mentioned before, plus food and transportation. Mm -hmm. And transportation is quite important. And by transportation, I mean energy prices. So we have these two types of inflation, the core and the total one. And the total one is the most volatile one. And this mm -hmm. is the one we are seeing today going up quite um, strongly in the US, up to 6% around today. Mm-hmm. No, because uh, obviously it's not a secret that uh, we are experiencing a high inflation now and apparently it's not looking transitory. Um, and I'm saying this because obviously there was only supposed to be transitory um, this inflation according to what the Fed uh, said. Um, because obviously supply chains and businesses just need a, a little uh, bit of time to work out in that's involved in reopening the global economy after COVID, after the COVID situation. So they said something uh, along the lines of things would get back to normal by the end of the summer and perhaps into the winter. And now we know uh, that transitory is uh, much longer than that. Um, also, I have seen in the news uh, that the um, Federal Reserve uh, chairman, Jerome Powell, uh, suggested the other day that the time has come to stop referring to inflation uh, as transitory. So, do you agree on that? Yes, sure, I do agree completely on that. So, it's probably not as transitory uh, as planned by the Fed, in fact. So, they were planning at the very beginning a deceleration of inflation by the end of the first quarter of 2022, uh, probably the end of 2021 as well. And so, now we see that inflation should remain quite strong up until maybe the first, the, the, the end, the end of, sorry, of the The, the first half of 2022. Um, mm -hmm. and, and maybe we have to go back to what is inflation for the Fed. They, they mm -hmm. define inflation or they define a kind of inter a target of inflation as a long-term moving average of inflation. And they expect it to be at around 2% over a long period of time. And so we are seeing now inflation getting much more above this expectation at around 6% today. So, of course, if it's transitory, it's not a problem. But the problem is today is that it stays for longer. And that is mm -hmm. the main problem of the Fed. Um, and as you said, inflation is due probably to bottlenecks, but uh, it's certainly due to energy prices, which mm -hmm. represent around 50% of inflation today. And in the US, it's also linked to housing costs as well. No, yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, because now that we are talking about um, what it means for the Fed, um, I have seen something uh, that called my attention a lot. Um, because um, now I have seen that uh, this high inflation has reached its highest level, uh, the highest since the euro was introduced. So um, how can this affect uh, the fact that they achieved uh, its highest level? And, and also, I wanted to know, is this inflation comeback a game changer in finance uh, in general? 
Yes, exactly. It's a kind of game changer for finance in general because uh, most of us haven't seen such a level inflation for the last 30 or 40 years. So it obliged all the central banks around the world, and mainly, in fact, the, the ones for, from the developed markets, uh, mm-hmm. mainly ECB and Fed, to adapt their communication so as not to frighten the market. Um, in fact, because you have to keep in mind that um, back in 2013, we faced the taper tantrum because probably a, a lack of communication. And so that feared the market and we, we have seen a large bond sell off. And so I think that today um, the Fed and the ECB are really willing to adapt their communication accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um... Do you think that um, maybe the situation will affect the economic recovery that we were experiencing um, after the, the COVID situation, maybe? Not yet, in fact. So economies are still strong around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we see some deceleration in economic activity in China at the moment, and it's probably linked to their zero COVID policy. Uh, But if we consider the other developed economies like West Europe and US, today demand is still strong and economic activity is still strong. So, and that probably expa- explains a bit as well of inflation today. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, uh, since of course we are talking about inflation and fund selection, Um, could you please uh, tell our listeners how does inflation change your way of selecting funds? Yes, sure. So basically, it doesn't change the way we select a fund, but it probably changes the way we assess the market mm-hmm. today. So um, as I said, we haven't seen that kind of situation for decades. And so today we have to ask us, different questions to assess the market. So probably one of these questions would be, where is this inflation coming from? So now we know that it's mainly coming from energy prices, so around 50% of the current inflation is explained by the energy prices. Second question would be probably, is this transitory or more resilient? And we talked about this points a few minutes ago, and it seems that it's a bit in between. And mm-hmm. another point would be probably another question would be what kind of action will the central bank take? Um, when will they start to raise rates? How far and how quick will they go in that tightening process? So all of these questions have to be assessed to understand the market, how mm-hmm. the market will behave in a close future. And then accordingly, we can build a scenario which fits to these different strategies and mm-hmm. find Uh, funds and mm-hmm. so adapt our fund selection to this new macro environment. Mm-hmm. So it's more about adapting something rather than changing. Exactly, it's more adapting mm-hmm. the way we uh, we feel the market, the way we mm-hmm. view the market in a close future. That is probably the changing point today. Mm-hmm. Now that's that's good to to know because I'm think that obviously I'm sure that our listeners wanted to, to know maybe um, how a fund selector can change or can adapt uh, to this kind of situations. So, and now, um, is inflation bad for future returns? 
Not necessarily, in fact. So in the past, we have known several inflation periods, of course, and most of them were combined to a negative economic activity. But it seemed that not this time. Um, and so in our team, we have developed uh, a tool, which is basically a matrix combining inflation trends, so we can have inflation deflation, versus the economic outlook, which can be positive or negative. And on the top of that, we also consider the trend directions of GDP growth, let's say, and inflation. And we have different types of scenarios given, given this mm -hmm. matrix. Uh, and one of them is if inflation goes along with good economic activity, so what mm -hmm. we are facing today, with good GDP growth, then the environment is positive for risky assets. And in this environment, we could expect some good future returns. So it's not definitely bad for returns. Mm -hmm. And in this context, we should favor, uh, as I said, risky assets like precious metals, equities, and not so much uh, bonds as we, can as we can normally expect uh, rates to go up. Uh, but on the other side, of course, um, Inflation can go along with negative economic backdrop. So with GDP growth decelerating or even decreasing. And there we have a negative environment for future returns. And then we should maybe favor in our selection cash, gold uh, and underweight equities or bonds. Mm -hmm. uh, so... What kind of strategies could you think uh, to consider in this changing environment? So, as I said, um, this environment is inflationary plus a booming activity environment. So we have a mm -hmm. good GDP growth. Um, and with inflation stabilizing on the upside, uh, we normally should favor risky assets, as I said. Of course, maybe I have to make a kind of disclaimer because we have this <laughs> new Omicron variant uh, coming in uh, yeah. and spreading across Europe and probably elsewhere as well in the world. So we have to be cautious about this, uh, about what I will to, what I will say. Uh, yeah. But giving this good economic environment mm -hmm. plus this inflation normally i would say that on the equity side of selection may we should normally expect european value stock strategies to go well uh, as european market is much more cyclical and value uh, than what we can find for example in the us mm -hmm. I, i would say as well that uh, probably emerging market cyclicals Mm -hmm. do well in this environment and and maybe in the emerging market globally i would favor energy correlated countries like for example russia mexico yeah and on the other side on the bond market side i would probably favor high yield in europe as uh, spreads are still decent in this part uh, in this region and and rates should stay lower for longer uh, than mm -hmm. in the us Um, according to me, a good idea would be also to favor Chinese bonds uh, as they provide a real, uh, a positive real yield, sorry, with limited volatility and a quite a stable uh, currency. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, now that we are coming to an end, um, I think it could be great if you could summarize your opinion and perspective towards inflation and in the fund selection world so that our listeners can basically draw a conclusion of your point of view. 
Yeah, sure, with pleasure. So inflation is quite booming today. And as we said, it's probably not as transitory as we expected in the first place. So we know now that central banks, we have to act accordingly and have to adapt their communication. And their first action on both sides of Atlantic will be to stop progressively their bond buying programs. Um, so you probably know that they are uh, acting on the market to buy some bonds each month. And so they will stop this program progressively. So the Fed said they probably go quicker in this process of stopping the, the bond purchases. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see probably quite sooner what will happen in terms of balance sheets for both mm -hmm. central banks. Will they keep it stable? Will they decrease it? And then will they act on rates as well? When will it be? Will it be at the end of 2022? Will it be in 2023 for the ECB? We don't know yet. So we have still some questions to ask and to assess before really knowing that how the market will react. So uh, that probably explains today why the market is volatile and doesn't have any particular trend, we can say, as we still have some risk Inflation could be one, mm -hmm. and of course, pandemic is the other one. Yeah, yeah, I think the uh, inflation and pandemic doesn't look good uh, when they are together. So, don't look good, sorry, when they are together. Um, so, yeah, now I'm going to... Um, uh, well, thank you very much uh, for your amazing conclusion of uh, this podcast and of your opinion. So now I'm going to um, squeeze in uh, one or more two questions about your role, if you don't mind. So I would like to know, and I'm sure that our listeners wanted to know also, what is your biggest challenge at Bank de Luxembourg? Good question. Uh, very good question. Um, I, I would say that my first challenge is to understand my client needs and specifications mm -hmm. and be able and being able sorry to reply accordingly to these needs so mm -hmm. that is probably my first challenge my second challenge i would say is to find a manager with different qualities um, the first of them would be to be a good asset allocator having mm -hmm. some good asset allocation skills or stock or bone picking skills um, i want him to be a good communicant And I want him to be accessible because I need to speak to him and my clients need also to hear his voice from time mm -hmm. to time. Um, yep. And maybe a third challenge for me would be to find a strategy that makes the job for what I have selected it. So uh, when I say that, I said, for example, if I select a value strategy, mm -hmm. I expect this strategy to perform well in a value or in a cyclical oriented market. Yeah. That's probably, these are my three main challenges today. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much for, for sharing this with, uh, with me and with the listeners. Um, so finally, the, the question that I always ask my guests, and, and if you don't believe me, you can ask them, um, which key industry trends do you think will perform better uh, next year in 2022? And I know it's a tricky question, but... <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a very difficult question to answer because uh, we are facing many risks, in fact. Mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. of course, the pandemic 
is the most preeminent one. Um, mm. and, and talking about pandemic, um, so right now we're facing this new wave of Delta uh, combined with this new Omicron variant. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and we know that winter is usually favorable for this pandemic spread. So I expect... I expect new rounds of restriction for uh, for the months yeah, to same. come. And yeah. it has already started, in fact. So we'll know that next week, uh, we'll know if it if the existing vaccines uh, are efficient or not, or if we'll take a few months to adapt the existing vaccines to the new variant. So hmm. probably the winter would be a difficult period to uh, to pass through uh, but according to me that's really my personal view maybe mm-hmm. in spring uh, we will have a better view uh, probably economies will be able to fully reopen mm-hmm. uh, maybe we'll have a new vaccine or maybe the vaccine the existing vaccine will be efficient enough so in this case I or the third dose also exact exact mm-hmm. exact so yeah. I, I really expect for the spring next year a full reopening and so in this case i would favor uh, cyclical sectors um mm-hmm. thanks to uh, a kind of recovery and so personally i will i will still bet on recovery of cyclicals like industrials the energy and materials or probably the consumer discretionary on the most cyclical side of this sector mm-hmm. um and and probably one of the bets I would make for for next year uh, is linked to China. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have noticed, but uh, China, the Chinese market, has been mm-hmm. the biggest lagging country yeah. uh, in Asia this year. Uh, in yeah, 2021. we have talked a lot at Rankapro Europe. We have talked a lot about China. So. Exactly. And so yeah. this market has been quite negatively impacted by state regulation during the mm-hmm. summer. Uh, and various sectors have been impacted, like education, online gaming, real estate. Uh, we still hear some news about real estate and Everground. Uh, mm-hmm. E-commerce, yeah. <laughs> the famous Alibaba has been impacted too. And it's fintech as well. Um, so... We have these. We have seen these actions during the mm-hmm. summer, combined with others on ecology and so on. Yeah. And so all of that is probably linked to a plan, uh, which is called the common prosperity. Uh, so this market has been quite negatively impacted, and we know as well that um, the GDP growth is quite decelerating in China. But I'm quite mm-hmm. sure that next year, the President Xi Jinping and uh, his state will take some measures just to sustain the economy accordingly. Um, next year will be, I think this is in October, uh, where uh, President Xi Jinping will probably run for a new term of election. So I think that he won't let the country goes into recession. So we will probably... Um, help the help to sustain the economic in the country, and probably we have there a kind of recovery to play in all these sectors which have been badly mm-hmm. impacted. So probably betting on China is a good thing for me for next year. Yeah, well, just to to make sure that our listeners know that um, if we want to discover what Jean Baptiste is, uh, is saying, we have loads of articles uh, talking about it. 
Um, so yeah, thank you very much, Jean-Baptiste, for sharing your opinion about this because I know it was tricky, as we said. Um, so, well, dear listeners, um, we could be here for much longer, but unfortunately, this podcast is coming to an end. So thank you very much to the amazing guest that is here with me today because, trust me, Uh, Jean-Baptiste, I really appreciate that you agreed to, to participate with me in this podcast. Um, it, it has been uh, really a real pleasure to, to collaborate in. It has been a real pleasure collaborating with you. And, uh, and yeah, and as I always say, I hope that this really interesting discussions get growing and we look forward to the upcoming talks with more fan selectors in 2022. Uh, I would like to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And, of course, see you all soon um, at our Rank Up Europe podcast of next year. Uh, also, before I forget, I want to, if you want to be up to date with the latest news within the asset management industry, subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you so much, everyone. And thanks, thank you, Jean-Baptiste, again. Many thanks for the opportunity you gave me. <laughs> thanks to you for your time. Thank you. Thank you.